Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Part of me thinks it's a, it would be okay to live in Norway, but where I live in Colorado is really sunny, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, you know, the, the forecast for tomorrow looks promising. Yeah, this yeah. morning it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Too nice. And you're doing the Hamperoken <laughs> tomorrow, the long yep, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now we are recording, by the way, so okay. clean up your political agenda. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Filter. Filter on. I first met Megan Kimmel in 2014 as I was in Chamonix for an event with Essex. The second time I met her was August this year, as I went up to the Tromsø Sky Race weekend. I ran the 32k long Tromsdalstin Sky Race, and Megan went for the 57k long Hamperuken Sky Race. My name is Magnus Ormestad, and this is the Swedish outdoor podcast Husky. Husky is produced in cooperation with Naturkompaniet and it is powered by Nordic Green Energy, Sweden's greenest energy company with 100% renewable energy sourced from solar, wind and hydropower. Find them at nordicgreen.se. Welcome to episode 24 of the Husky International series and a long interview with runner Megan Kimmel. If you want to know more about this, please head over to huskypodcast.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle huskypodcast. <laughs> uh, but what are your uh, like initial thoughts on Tromsø, like the surroundings? Uh, my initial thoughts on Tromsø are um, kind of what I thought in the way that you have the fjords, how Tromsø is about the size I thought, which was a small city really and with lots of open land. Um, but I didn't expect such um, so many um, accessible ridgelines, really. I expected more of just like a green land kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm all the more impressed. So a bit like sharper, rougher mountains or what? Um, just rockier ridgelines, yeah. yep, yeah. yep. Uh, because this is like the first time in Scandinavia or? Yeah, it's my first time in all of Scandinavia. Yeah, well, yeah. and for how many days have you been here? Uh, I came here on Tuesday, so day three or four right now. Mm -hmm. Is that, do you feel like climatized or with the time zone and everything? And the, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I deal with jet lag a lot. Yeah. And actually before here I was just in Spain, so I didn't have the jet oh, lag okay, to deal okay. with. So you're on the European time. 
Yeah, for, you know, it had been probably four days I was in Spain. Um, But it was so amazing because then um, I realized um, the 24-hour day up here. And I thought that that was just hard hard to adjust for. (laughs) The first night I got here, I didn't go to bed until 2.30 (laughs) a.m. You got good curtains? Yeah, I do have good (laughs) curtains in the bedroom, but I didn't get here until late. So that I thought that was pretty funny because there's another bit of adjustment that you really have to do if you want to be on a decent sleep schedule for running waking up and having a good race on race day are you very aware of your like like how many hours of sleep you get when it comes to like recharging and like preparing for a race uh yeah i'm not strict on anything but i think if there's anything i am pretty strict on it'd be sleep um i've been in a time of my life where i haven't gotten much sleep consistently for a long time and i think that has made me all the more sensitive so yeah i try to get a solid amount of sleep every night if possible and now like you mentioned you have we are in the midnight sun region but now i think it kind of like dips just below the horizon i think yeah dip just just below the mountains but still it's like Twelve o'clock at night. It's like, you know, it's it's bright. Yeah, I, I looked it up here that first night. One reason I was up until two a.m. is because I was fascinated, and um, I think it started saying you have the midnight sun, which is above the horizon, and then I think it's a white day, oh. which is the time frame where the sun goes below the horizon, but it's still light all day. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong on that. But. How how far up north do you have to get in the U.S. to kind of? You have that in Alaska, I guess. Yep, in Alaska, I know for sure. And you can you get more sunshine the further you go north. Like I've experienced late days mm. in Montana, but I mean it's dark by you know ten thirty at the latest kind yep. of thing. So like dark, dark. So um, if you if you uh, sometimes you get the uh, you get the question. So what do you do for a living? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what's, what's your answer? Well, I always start by laughing like that because. Um, <clears throat> Throughout my whole life, I've had a lot of different jobs, really, and um, I still do, even while I'm running. Um, And I also find it hard to explain kind of what I do, um, and that because there's also a lot of different definitions to being a professional um, athlete, a trail runner in this case, in which... Um, to me, there can be a lot of different definitions in the way that I actually, you know, a person can be a professional, meaning they're sponsored. But then to me, to be a professional means you're actually, it's my profession. Like, it's what I'm paying my bills off of. And even within that, there's always been a fine line. It's only been a couple of years that I've been able to do that. Um, so I always give a pretty long answer to <laughs> <laughs> how I make a living. Um, and even this year, um, while I was racing during the summertime or in between seasons, really, I was fixing up a house in between, which becomes a job. Um, so, yeah, I always have pretty long-winded answers for that. <laughs> <laughs> and fixing up a house, that, that's uh, in your, at, your, at your place, at your home, what? Yeah, it is. Um, I've off. I guess I bought and sold the house last year, um, last fall, and so I've now been a part of two different houses. But I always get into older houses, just it's mostly what's affordable. And um, in that case, there's always a lot of fixing up to do. And, and this one in particular did have a lot of fixing up to do. And within the house swap, I was able to put money from the last house into this house, which it desperately needed. Is it the the kind of fixing that you're into? Is it like? what you would you need to do or what you like what you want to do like aesthetically or the basics 
It's both for sure. Uh, it's always budget building, you know. Um, and then, I mean, I definitely try to uh, put an aesthetic eye to it and as much creativity as you really can. Um, but that's a pretty basic level. Yeah. And where is where is home? Um, home is uh, Ridgeway, Colorado, it's the southwest part of the state. And you are from Colorado. I am. Was I, you from uh, Denver? Yep, I grew up in Denver, the mm. big city. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was your what was your childhood like? Were you a city girl? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much, I'd say. I was the youngest of four kids, and we always played a lot of city sports growing up. Um, all of us participated in different ones. But then I was fortunate to have a grandma who had a place uh, in the mountains about an hour from Denver. And so for being a city kid, I was definitely exposed to a lot of uh, outdoors, uh, especially summer weekends when I was growing up throughout you, my whole childhood. Do you know what it was that kind of stuck to you like why you enjoyed spending time in the outdoors yeah i think um i think part of it is just the natural desire to be i was an active kid so the natural desire to move around and i really don't know um i i think yeah um i just think it's some to some extent it's just built inside of us you're you're either like a city kid or a country kid running around and like jumping in trees and so on. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. And oftentimes it actually switches. If you grow up in a city, you probably desire like the country or the mountains. And But oftentimes if you grow up in the mountains, yeah. you often want that change to the city as you yeah. get older. Wow, an escalator. Yeah, yeah, people. <laughs> people. Um, so were you the, 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 the kind of kid that had a... Did you have? Like, did you dream of adventures and expeditions and stuff like that? I don't think I really thought about adventures and expeditions until I was uh, in my later years of high school or the last part of my schooling, and then that's when I really started to be able to like my friends and I would go outdoors a lot more for fun, and I was breaking away from team sports and realizing kind of what you could do in the mountains, and that's when I just started taking all of my energy and putting it towards the outdoors. But it was because you were like you play tons of sports um, but but as you kind of um, uh, as you kind of uh, transferred into the outdoor area did you do it for the experience of it or did you do it for the physical like sports side of it or the you know what I mean Yeah, definitely for the experience side of it first. I'll, like, uh, I think it did have a big influence on me that a lot of my friends had shifted into people that spend a lot of time outdoors. And um, so it, that's just what we did for fun is we'd go to the mountains, we'd hike, we'd go on like ski, hut, winter trips. And, um, and then, you know, shortly thereafter, um, once my team sports ended when I was out of school, then I felt inherently that I, I wanted to be doing something. I always needed to kind of run for I think more than any just thing just for like my mental state it was it's always been a healthy thing for me like brushing your teeth or something and so um so then I just started to combine those two together um did you have any uh like as, as a kid or as a teenager what did you have a plan like so this is what I want to do with my life like uh, this is what I want to become when I grow up Um, interestingly enough, like my very first memory of what I wanted to be when I was gr- when I grew up was maybe when I was like four years old. I mean, I'm sure it was shortly after the 1984 Olympics, and I wanted to be like a track star. I wanted to be an <laughs> Olympic track star, and I, I actually never pursued that. I I did a little bit of running in in high school in my 
before university, but I never at that point wanted, I didn't want to be any kind of like runner in particular at that time. So, but then after that very initial bit, um, I don't think I was one of those kids that wanted to be anything in particular. And once it came around to trying to get into higher education, like university, um, I thought I wanted to work with plants, um, doing, you know, landscape architecture or something like that. And, um, and then once I started pursuing that, my, I shifted a lot into a lot of different majors. So, um, yeah, I think I've just always gonna, like, I think I've always just been one of those people that's more about, um, what life hands me rather than um, one particular path but uh, I mean uh, dreaming of uh, dreaming but planning thinking about uh, becoming a landscape architect is that um, uh, is that because you you saw like nature as a such an important part for you in your life or that you really wanted to get your like like you know hands dirty in the soil <laughs> did you enjoy that part yeah you know at that time and actually it's still true that I really really enjoy flower gardens and um, to me that was an avenue in which I create could create nature in the city um, I wasn't sure where I wanted to live but that just seemed like one of the paths that was available to me at that time and as soon as I started studying it I it's it's kind of just like the other themes of my life where I was like well this is kind of a city job I don't know if I want to do this kind so maybe I'll move into these other paths so landscape architecture went to horticulture went to forestry went to biology went to cult- cultural anthropology wow <laughs> so. so you have a lot of like basic courses in, in a wide range of yeah <laughs> <laughs> you could be a good bartender like speak about like anything with anyone <laughs> yeah well I, I, I spent a lot of time owning a coffee shop oh, so yeah. it's very similar <laughs> you just don't have in general you don't have that long of conversations as you do with um, tending bar <laughs> but you had a interest in, in art as well um, was that was that when you were younger yeah, when I was younger, I did actually, you know, I always enjoyed, um, you know, m- simple sides of art, I would say. Um, but, and I always did that to kind of calm my mind, actually, as I think about it, until life kind of got too busy to um, provide for a much leisure time like that. Yeah. Um, and when it comes comes to these, like, outdoor activities that you started participating in with your friends, like, what kind of... Um, was there a time that certain activities kind of stuck out? Like, okay, so running is more fun than hiking, and climbing is more fun than that, and skiing is more fun than... Yeah. Um, I think once um, my friends started to backcountry ski or do, you know, um, do more ski huts and stuff like that, then that really opened my eyes like, oh, wow, this is like what I really like to do because you have, you know, you're, you, you're in wilderness, but you're also getting fantastic powder turns in Colorado. Um, and then from then, shortly after that, I that's when like that fitness thing started going into the mountains and I lived in the mountains and I just wanted to get outside to experience and see more. So that's when I decided that, or I figured out that um, running's a way to go twice as far as you can on a hiking day. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big reason I just started running then. It's cause you know, back then too, of course I was holding down a job and you can go out for an hour run and get pretty far rather than a hike. You just don't yeah. get so far before Fast you go to work. Yeah. yeah. And I guess like living in a 
in a mountain village, like a mountain town, you can, if you live there all year round, you can, that's going to be a really nice way to get to know the mountains and the nature and to see them, what they look like beneath all that snow cover. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really fun and interesting and also uh, it's going to be kind of good if you want to, uh, I don't know, just thinking of like avalanche security and avalanche awareness and stuff like that. So you know what's like beneath you and you get to know the mountains that way. Yeah. And for me, I think more than anything, it was just one of those things where you go on one trail and you're like, oh, well, well what's on the other side of that mountain? Yeah. And really trying to experience a lot of like where you actually live. Yeah. Um, so what can you tell us about Colorado? Like your Colorado? The elevator pitch for Colorado. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Colorado is um, it's a hard place to not love because um, it's got a lot of sunshine. Um, it has a lot of mountains, two different ranges actually, and they're really easy to access for the most part. And they're not intimidating like say Alaska with grizzly bears or other parts of the world with poisonous snakes. And you know, they're really actually, they're incredibly user friendly basically. And <laughs> the wildflowers are amazing. Um, call, the fall colors are amazing. And uh, yeah, the skiing is fantastic too. So, um, <laughs> and there's some cool cities now too. <laughs> what, what kind of elevation are we talking about? Um, most of Colorado is at least like um, 6,000 feet. They call Denver, Colorado the mile mm. high city because mm. it's 5,280 feet above uh, sea level, which mm. is a uh, mile. Mm. And uh, But a lot of the mountains um, are more around 9,000 feet. Mm. A lot of the mountain towns are a little bit lower at about 8,000 feet. And, Sorry and, about and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's between uh, two, th two and 3,000 meters. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what what elements do you miss in Colorado? Um, like, what do you don't have in in Colorado? Um, oh, what uh, what what don't we have in Colorado? Yeah, basically, yeah. um, well, I mean, compared to the Alps, the Alps have a lot more steep terrain and a lot more um, aesthetically beautiful peaks. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it, really to compare Colorado to the Alps is uh, the Colorado, like Colorado mountains seem to have the feel of almost the foothills, say around like Chamonix. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the highest, the glaciated peaks even higher. And in general, um, the Alps are a little bit more intimidating um, once you get into areas with glaciers and stuff like that, um, as far as summer and winter travel goes. So I, I think that the Alps are definitely have a little bit more of an intensity to them, mm -hmm. which is why I also enjoy coming out to Europe. But is it, um, because I, I think sometimes that the Alps is, of course, what you, everything that you said, like the you got the intimidating peaks and you got the dramatic uh, nature and scenery and so on, but um, you don't really have, I mean, of course, depending on how you define it, but you don't have wilderness in that way, like you do, for instance, up here in northern Scandinavia, where it's like proper wilderness. Is it the same in Colorado? Like you have, do you have like what you would call wilderness or is it kind of... Well, you got mountain villages, villages all over. You got like trails and and roads and stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, Colorado is a lot like Scandinavia, and that is a huge difference between the Alps and Colorado. Is um, it's a give and take. I mean, you have an incredible trail system around the Alps because of how many people have lived there over yeah. such a long time. But it's much more difficult to kind of get away and have your own solitude. While in America, we do have a lot of different um, um, categories, even of wilderness, where 
where particular things are allowed and not allowed as far as motor use. Okay. And um, some of those wilderness areas are pretty big, pretty extensive, like days of backpacking um, mm-hmm. to cover the land. And um, yeah, so much more like Scandinavia in the way that you can go out on trails and not really see anyone. Um, isn't Colorado kind of a, a hub when it comes to like outdoor trends or activities and so on isn't it yeah i'd say or at least it is. one of the hubs in, in the u.s isn't it yep it's got you know quality rock climbing quality skiing and quality out like mountain biking obviously quality running so it definitely makes it a major hub for yeah. um, outdoor sports um oh, when it comes to the seasons back home like do you uh Do you have a particular love? Do you still like more? Would you define yourself more of a kind of a winter type of person or a summer type of person when it comes to being back home? Yeah, I mean, for a lot of years, I would have said I was a winter person. And as I get older, I enjoy the summer a little bit more all the time. But more than anything, I'm certainly a four seasons of the year kind of gal. I like the change of all the seasons. And um, yeah, so anymore, it's like, um, yeah. i kind of get sick of summer and at some point i get sick of winter too (laughs) in the end of every season you constantly looking forward to the next one yes um and this like backcountry skiing for instance did that take you like deeper into kind of the alpine activities like when it comes to like climbing and so on like rock and ice climbing or something did you Mm. you do stuff like that as well or Yeah, I would do a little bit of it all, but most certainly um, backcountry skiing has been my number one. And that, like I would say, backcountry skiing really um, opened my eyes to more than even just trail running went as far as how to explore the mountains and what the potential is and what it is to actually be on top of peaks and wanting to do more of that. Um, And then, you know, like once again in Colorado, they almost are like pretty well-defined differences between actually just like skiing, um, ice and rock climbing and you know your summer stuff because um, we just don't have a lot of that glaciated um, technical um, glacier travel Mm. Um, so you kind of do one or the other Um, where I live where my home is it does have good opportunity to do all those things it's really close to the Uray Ice Park Um, but for a long time I didn't I've always concentrated on backcountry skiing because it was hard so much fun (laughs) yeah it was hard to convince myself to go sit in the cold um, ice and um, which is and it's also a pretty uh, like scary sketchy sport Um, but um, the now I'm trying to shift into a little bit more of the things I haven't done so um, and yeah And now, because now you're a runner and you participate, like you compete in sky running and so on, you you have background as a solid skier. So when it comes to like ski mountaineering, which is really taking off, at least in Scandinavia is really taking off, much thanks to Emily Forsberg, of course. <laughs> and it's, of course, it's a super big thing in the Alps. Um, but now I have a question because I've interviewed Emily before and I asked her, like, don't you ever like when you're out like in your when you're like super light uh, skis, don't you ever like really wish that you had proper skis on when you like walk in great conditions? When she was like, no, but this these are my proper skis. <laughs> like, so she, she doesn't like, you know, go like skiing on a, what you would call like powder skis and so on. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, Are you willing to kind of give up your your proper skis for 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 the light stuff, or would you feel like mm-hmm. out of out of place on on the the light and fast stuff? 
Yeah, no, um, I have a really hard time giving up my powder skis. To me, it's just like, that's probably what makes me the happiest of all the recreations I do is just to make deep powder turns. Um, and um, so yeah, that will always be my number one. And um, I do totally appreciate the light, the fast and light ski mountaineering skis these days. I and mean, the performance on those things is so much better than I ever thought they would yeah. be. Even um, in even in like a good powder day. Well, see, that's just it. Like in Colorado, I I, I think I I haven't skied over in Europe, and I'm very very curious. But um, I mean, Colorado snowpack is so different in the way that if it's a powder day, you you're you're not gonna want to be on skinny skis and in, in a lot of ways it's really not safe to be on skinny mm-hmm. skis because you're dealing with like you know um you're, you're dealing with skis being like one foot two feet deep in mm-hmm. snow you know they just don't have the lit the mm-hmm. the float that you mm-hmm. want them to but there's also plenty of days that you can get away with um with um lighter skis but you know if it's not powder a lot of times it's just like breakable crust and stuff like that so um so if i'm really serious about like an adventure on most days in the winter time i definitely take my heavier gear because it's just um i know it's going to get me there and get me out um and i'm going to enjoy my turns and uh ski mountaineering setups are more for um really like spring snowpack but you have been uh, participating in skimo competitions right i've done a few yep mm-hmm. yep they're pretty they in general it, the sport is growing but in, and in general they're they've been far from where i live and um it's really important i think to be around a ski area to get like kind of your heart rate up on yeah. like um groomed trails and for a long time i haven't lived near a ski area um it'd be quite a drive to get to one um so um and like now i i kind of just have like I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but an internal struggle about um, giving up my pot, my free days to go powder skiing, just to um, you know, kind of like get up that heart rate and the intensity I do all summer racing, um, running, and um, so I guess I don't know where I'm at with <laughs> ski mountaineering. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it's, I will, I can say that uh, ski mountaineering races are a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to running, like, did you ever... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Set up a set up a plan, uh, like a strategy, or like did you put up a, like a goal that you wanted to follow when it comes to like becoming? Because now you're a, like we talked about, like you're a sponsored uh, trail runner, or or was it like you just rolled with the punches and like made the most of out of each situation? Yeah, yeah, I think both of those things. You know, um, actually, when I was like um, 20 years old, one of my experiences in the mountain town was. Um, I got a job at the Nordic Ski Center, and I had never Nordic skied growing up. I'd always just downhill skied with my family. And all of a sudden, I, like, realized how great Nordic skiing is, you know. And I actually, at that brief moment, I was like, I want to be a professional Nordic skier. In the United States, you know, that's a pretty late start for a Nordic skier in any country. But certainly in the United States, it's more of a college sport, really. Um, But that really got me into the fitness side of things. And uh, it was my push for a long time to... um, to, to, to train, basically. And I did that in a lot of different ways. But then for running, I just fell into it. I was at a couple of uh, citizen races uh, around Colorado, and I ended up doing well at... Um, well, that was like terrain races or trail races? Or? Those were tra- like trail slash mountain mm-hmm. races. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing well, and then um, opportunity like one le- opportunity led into the others. And... Um, like in the way of races like what kind of race opportunities there were and also sponsorship um but i at this point i think i'm in like probably 10 years of being a sponsored runner and within the sponsorship side of things i've definitely kind of like taken what i have been given and um worked through a lot of um worked my way up i guess in um representing different companies within the sport uh because you ending up with Essex. uh because I met you once before, like four years ago in Chamonix, and uh, you ending up with with Essex uh, was kind of a just a like pure coincidence, wasn't it? Like strike of luck, wasn't it? Yeah, it More definitely or less was. Like, uh, could you what can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, the sport of trail running has changed a lot. It's changed a lot in the in ten years' time, and there was not a lot of opportunity ten years ago for any kind of sponsorship that would allow you to um, travel internationally. As it still is pretty uh, few and far between that get that opportunity. And but back then, I mean, it was almost unheard of that a company would um, help you get out to international races, you know. Um, so yeah, Asics did kind of kind of come out of nowhere at a time that I almost stopped racing because of my life situation, and um, yeah, just couldn't really afford to get to races. And so they kind of came out of the blue. And um, at that same time, the whole sport of trail running was really really changing, and um, there were more people like coming out internationally, which they had in the past without a doubt. But um, I just feel like the world itself was coming together at that time trail running at like was coming together at a time and so the world of trail running was really coming together at that time um so yeah that kind of allowed me to go a little bit further and has certainly um played a role in being where i am now but is it because i i don't know this 
might be a kind of a strange question, but I can also imagine, I mean, is it really a, like for you and your running, is it, is it really a big difference? Like, would you say like hypothetically, now that you're sponsored, like if you didn't have the sponsors, I'm guessing you would still perhaps run as much, but you would run in different places maybe. Yeah. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think all of us runners run for a way bigger reason than, you know, any kind of, um, you know, accolades like that, you know. So I would certainly be a little a, a different runner, and I'd be around home more, which yeah. um, is not a bad thing, you know. And um, I think my pursuits would still be about the same as far as my desires to do the, the distances I like to do and the type of terrain that I like to do. I don't think anything's changed as far as that goes. Um, yeah, just certainly that I have the opportunity to, to go other places and really to, you know, race against uh, other athletes from around the world, which has always been like an objective and um, – um, a pleasure about being in my situation because now you're in the in the Solomon team like this is the first season what does that mean you think like what will it mean for your development like teaming up with uh, like we said before the interview with like Max King and Emily uh, and Kilian and, and the likes um, the, people like that Yeah, I have to say it's just like it's grown into something that I feel like is actually a, a real honor just because of the company itself and how they carry themselves, um, what they do for the sport, and um, just that they are a mountain-based company, always have been, and I think it just reflects in so many positive ways that I feel um, proud and lucky to be with the company. Um, and yeah, all of their athletes are stand-up individuals and the, st the strongest in the sport, so Yeah, once again, it's, it's just an honor. An honor yep. Um, what, what type of races attracts you? Like, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to? Uh, where do you like to race? Yeah, that's just it. Is I um, I like a lot of different kind of running. You know, there's no in particular one thing I like. I certainly, obviously, I'm attracted to the mountains and um, getting on top of peaks and stuff like that. And it's really amazing that we have races that like allow us to do this. Um, but I also really like nice single track where you can go really fast on, kind of like Bend, or Bend Oregon style or you know Marin County style. Um, and I like going to places that I haven't been. You know, I definitely tw like lean towards aside of places that aren't so hot like mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be so passionate about going to rainforests and doing adventure running there but other than that um, I really kind of thrive off of um, seeing new places and experiencing different landscapes and when it comes to distances because you you uh, you compete and you do verticals and you do sky running and marathons and so on have you done ultras as well Um, I've dabbled a bit in ultras, like for probably the last four years I've done, I think four years, I've done one ultra to kind of like cap off the end of my season. <laughs> and that's kind of been um, by design. And I've been trying to keep it to the sub ultra distance for a long time because it's my first passion. Um, and also because I feel like there's plenty of time for ultras as I get older here. And um, now I am at that kind of borderline where I feel like I am now um, going into my ultra um, years, basically and leaving some of the short um, distance, a lot of the short distance stuff behind. So what are, you, what are you aiming at? Like any particular races or tours and stuff that you want to uh, tick off? Um, for me, I've always really, I mean, I, it's 
kind of a given, but I've always really enjoyed the European side of racing. Um, the, it's just such a cultural entity there that lacks in the United States. So yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna go to do a hundred miler, I want it to be UTMB. Yeah. Um, and then of course, so, you know, a prelude to that is the CCC. So those two things I think would are kind of like what I would love to be my main concentrations. And then um, I haven't really taken the time to figure out which other races I am attracted towards um, within um, throwing in some more races, I'll, you know, within the next couple of years of pursuing those two. Um, speaking of differences between the US and, um, and the Alps, um, when it comes to sky running, where is sky running in the US right now? Well, my finger's not exactly on the pulse this season. Um, I participated in, um, I think one of the first two couple years when the U.S. Sky Running um, Continental Series was getting going, and it's it's really hard, I think, um, to get similar sky running in the United States because of our regulations on public land. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of permit issues and stuff like that. So, um, and just our natural like uh, terrain, just once again, is not as steep as the Alps are. So, um, but you know, like you know, here in Tromso, perhaps it's like similar terrain, but like our far off peaks are like fairly are a lot of those peaks are regulated in which you have to have permit the permit process is really you difficult can't let up 500 people with trail shoes on, ri yeah. ripping it yeah exactly <laughs> so i know that i know there's a lot of emphasis going into boosting up the um the u.s sky running series and hopefully people are like the people that make the decisions are going to start seeing the progressive side of things and uh, open up some of the the terrain that um is easily accessed for these kinds of races so i i think it's a a work in progress um and speaking of mountains and, and similar similarities and dissimilarities um we're now in tromsa which is kind of a mountain village in a way coastal but also mountain village and and you you've lived in silverton and now you live in rich richway do you feel like are you attracted to mountain towns like small cities in the mountains Yeah, I certainly was uh, 20 years ago, and once again, as I get older, I kind of am gravitating towards more people and more people and more people. <laughs> like, now I pretty much joke that I'm going to move to the city when I'm 80 years old and retire there, because I think it's a great time. You just be close to everything, yeah. and you go see theater and stuff like that. But yeah, certainly my heart and soul is in smaller places that are closer to the wilderness. Is that, like, moving around like that, is that, like, traveling and so on, racing in different countries and so on, is that important for your... Like, what do you pick up in each? Do you, because you've spent a lot of time in Nepal, for instance, I know, and in South America, New Zealand. Do you like? Have you? Are you an assembly of different type of running cultures or different type of inspiration that you picked up from all these places? Or you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. But I think one really amazing thing about mountain culture is that it's all really open and friendly. You know, it's no like, matter where you go, it's like basically the same yeah pretty laid back open and friendly i think you just have to be with your environment and stuff yeah. like that you know and everyone kind of just has the same eyes that they people just want to help you and make you feel at home so it's almost um it's the those differences but almost that's that similarity that makes you just want to go meet and go to new places because of that commonality i guess in between uh is it ever an issue to kind of readjust yourself like coming to a new place uh like for instance you haven't been in scandinavia before and now you're gonna compete tomorrow like do you feel like 
do you have like some i don't know rituals mentally or physically or whatever like or is it just like no matter where you go you can just as long as you're relaxed and you get good rest you can you can go out there and, and run and perform or is it an issue to readjust yeah i think because i've done this for 10 years i mean perhaps back in the day i was a little bit more like um more cyclic with what I did before races, but you do it long enough. And I think um, the most important for me is to um, know that nothing, no one thing in particular actually does make that much difference. You know, like I've had races where I've got no sleep the night before and had a great race. I've had other races that have been disastrous because I haven't had <laughs> sleep the night before. So who's to say that sleep makes a difference? And then, um, yeah, you know, to try to keep one kind of food like on the menu before a race. I mean, that's- Oh, they don't have <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's a pretty hard way to travel too. So I definitely try to just keep an open mind and like yeah. do my best I can to take it easy before a race for sure. But um, I always break the rules, like this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm curious about like your um, the inner debate that I think uh, I, I always break the rules, but not in races. <laughs> I am a stickler for playing fair. <laughs> <laughs> Megan does not cut corners. Um, when it comes to your, because I, I think all, perhaps all runners, and especially runners in your in your league, um, have a lot of like the mental part of running, like the inner debate between your mind and and your body. Uh, like for I just did an interview with with Stian, for instance, and we talked about that as well. Like. If you, because I sometimes think that you can see the, if you, while racing, uh, you see your body as kind of a machine and your brain is like in the driving seat and you just push the gas pedal. Like, okay, so the body is like screaming at you. It's like, I'm tired, I can't move, you know, my legs are hurting. But the mind is up there, like in the driving seat, just driving seat, like pushing the gas pedal all the time. Mm -hmm. Is that something you are good at or... Is it something that you have improved or what's your what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge part of racing, right? Um, it's a huge part of everything that we do, um, especially as you get to a higher level, whether it's, you know, art, whether it's, you know, making music or whatever is like letting your mind kind of um, strengthening your mind, I guess. And so I think certainly it's something that um, I've used and I've definitely gotten better at over the years. Um, you can, yeah, your bot, like, yeah, I just don't think you can underestimate the power of the mind, really. Is it something that you, is that one of the reasons that you enjoy running like this? To kind of deed, like, con that connection that you're able to make? Yeah, yeah, I think so, for sure, yeah. It's actually a... Uh, I quoted Max King when I interviewed him. Uh, when I interviewed him, he said uh, something like, "While training, you listen to your body, and while racing, you tell it to shut up." <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I think it's a good quote because yeah. <laughs> because of course you can't push the gas pedal all the time. Like you gotta you gotta relax as well. Yeah, but it's a good quote. I think. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, so, but but you do have like a mental difference, like. A difference in your like mental like state of mind going out just for a run you know free time and 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 on race day there there is a difference for you or is it the same like do you have the same mentality 
No, there's definitely a different mentality, um, just depending on really what the race and the race objective is, I think. And also the distance. I mean, to me, as I get into like the longer distances, I think it's all the more important to make sure you just have a good fun day, you know, because if you um, if you're too intense about what you got going on, just depending on the race itself and the terrain and everything um, that can just maybe get you into a little bit more trouble than if you just go out there to enjoy the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like mentally, where do you, uh, where do you, where do your thoughts go? Like when you're out on a long, long haul? Yeah, I try to actually not let them like, I just try to silence my mind and, um, be in just, the moment. Yeah. Say be in the moment. Exactly. You know, um, cause it's so easy to let your mind go in like a million different directions and it will to, to some extent. But I mean, to me, yeah, I guess it does have that side of a meditation, which that's kind of the, the idea is to like, not let your mind just like go as wherever it wants to is to kind of like still the mind and, um, yeah, enjoy where you're at at that time. Um, another strange question. What does your reactor look like? Like, what does your core look like? <laughs> the the energy that keeps you going? Yeah, I'm not really so sure about that reactor right now. Um, I would say right now, in general in my life, it's pretty chaotic. <laughs> but that must be do something, like that must itself do something positive. And um, I guess like deep down, if that's how I feel about my core, then I must also like do all right with kind of that kind of like crazy energy that's going on in there. And um, so, yeah, um, I think at some points in my life, I would say like it's been, a little bit more solid but i think i also now at this point in my life with a lot of travel with a lot of stuff going on in life and all of that and i think that it must be that deep down like pretty solid core that keeps like all the craziness that's going on around me uh set in does that make sense <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a mixed fuel reactor yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes it just depends on the day unfortunately and uh like your your strength and your weaknesses as a as a runner like both mentally and physically do you have a do you have any thoughts on that um I used to, yeah, I, I think that at this stage of my running, I have a lot of change going on. I, I really honestly do think that um, as of this season, um, I just don't have a lot of speed left in me. I am, I'm, I'm 37 years old now, and I just, I like this this um, season in particular, I've noticed a big difference, um, if nothing else, in my desire. I just don't even care so much about, like, you know, running up, like, hill fast, as fast as I can, you know. Now and intervals just aren't quite as exciting as they used to be for me and I do look a lot like I look forward to the more adventure side of things and taking it slow and making it through a long day I've always enjoyed that but I've always I've always been in the time frame that I wanted to use my speed first so um, I'm not exactly sure where my strengths lie right now except for that I certainly have had the passion um, to do what I've wanted to do for a long time and um, it still remains and mentally, um, 
yeah, it almost goes hand in hand with that physical part where like right now I think a lot of me is just like, well, what am I doing? You know, like I like part of my mind is really sad that like my speed that I'm leaving speed behind, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though mentally I've been preparing for this like particular year in this transition for quite a few years. So part of me is sad, but then a lot a big part of me is kind of happy. I'm like, all right, like I'm getting older. I don't have to do that anymore, you know, so looking forward to doing other things is what that is. Um But do you have like adventures and and stuff like that in on your list? Like I want to do embark on this like a uh, ten day excursion or something or. Yeah, I've got I've gotten really really um, busy racing in the last few years, and that's a huge reason I actually want to go more into the ultras is um, to not be racing quite as much, because I do feel like I haven't had that um, that um, that space to to create and to go about adventure runs because I'm always kind of in between races. So I I started with that desire before I started racing when I was 20 years old. It was just all about going out for fun adventure runs, uh, but then I wanted to harness like the opportunities that I had and see how far I could push myself um, and so yeah now I'm starting to think more about those adventure runs and of course now we have this whole FKT phenomena that's started to happen and what's that um, FKTs like fastest known times oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I actually have a hard time like caring about so much because to me it's just like oh gosh like how come we always have to make it about who's the fastest yeah. like you know isn't the point of like going on a big adventure run like to like kind of slow down and enjoy like where you're at smell the flowers <laughs> take a picture but it's you know it's part of human beings to mm. push and um, it's ultimately a healthy thing yeah. so whether it's just going out for adventure runs or pursuing some FKTs like time will tell um, but hopefully I do have the opportunity to do some of those like within my um, ultra training as well yeah um, so what does it look like you're like you're you're setting up your schedule for the coming are you even able to uh, plan like one or two years ahead or is it just this season now and then let's see yeah I think um, how things have worked out for this season it's I'm certainly in a situation where I just um, I'm waiting to get through this season and then off season will come and that's when I can really start to think about like um, time frame for different races and um, just some you know just where my personal life is at and be kind of realistic with what I um, can pursue next year Yeah. Yeah. And I thought about something as far as uh, the physical and mental side and my mental strengths and without a doubt, like the, my, my personality and part of my strength and weaknesses mentally is that, um, I'm pretty easygoing. Um, definitely go with the flow. I definitely like, but I'm also really focused. So I have kind of like a silent focus really, but ultimately I know that no one thing matters. And I think that that can be really important. Like, When pursuing racing, yeah, yeah, we didn't even get, get to the uh, the weakness part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But is that um, uh, are you a competitive person, or is it like that you can you're so easygoing that there is no prestige, and that kind of I don't know could it lead to 
you not, you not being super competitive and from a racing perspective maybe that's a weakness or what yeah i i kind of have this theory that our strengths are our weaknesses you know well, so a lot now of we're getting really <laughs> philosophical <laughs> yeah you know so like if you're you know the beautiful thing like it can be a weakness let's just take this one example of being pretty easygoing you know where it, it can it, of course you can see the weakness right there like ah it doesn't matter like who cares but the strength of it is is that you don't let one thing get you yeah. down you know in the long run it's got to be positive to not be you know allow yourself to be let down for a small thing yeah. like for instance if you if you have to uh you're unable to finish a race it you would you know you would just shrug it off i guess or yeah well you you know i guess i i don't think like shrugging off is quite as like on to the way I would look at it as taking the experience for what it is oh, yeah. and learning mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, if you're too focused on one thing, I think it's easy to like forget about that and be like so down on per your, your bad race that you don't realize really what you gained from it. And there's always things to gain, you know? That things happen, most things happen kind of for a reason or for most things happen and you do learn something from them. So you might as well just take the lesson yeah. and, mm -hmm. and, and become stronger for it, for sure. And now your thoughts on Tromsø Sky Race, like you're doing the Hamperokken tomorrow. Yeah. The long one. Uh huh. Uh, what do you expect from it? Have you been out like uh, doing some recog, recog, recognition, or have you like have you tried parts of the course? Or? Yeah, um, I I I, I kind of struck it lucky with um, the place I've been staying for like the last few days. Um, that it was like five houses away from um, the first part of the race. So I was able to hop on the race course like very easily when I first got here. And so I went up for the first part of that a couple times because I didn't have to drive anywhere. And um, yeah, and then of course you can see the first peak from the time you're like flying into Tromso. So even before I realized that that was the course, I was like, oh man, I gotta go run that regardless, you know, so easy access. And then I did have the um, luck of getting a good view um, at one point in the last few days where I saw the second peak out there and that looks great um, and I think it's a really well-designed course in a lot of ways but super cool that um, that that peak is so far out there like I feel like I'm really going for an adventure you know wow. um, mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's gonna be a pretty wild day um, it looks like a lot of different terrain um, and um, yeah, I think that further out peak, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce the name. I can't remember the name right now. Hamperokin. <laughs> um, it looks just like a great uh, attribute to the race because um, because it just looks like fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming to a race like this, like because I, you know, walking around like in this hotel and, and walking around town, you see, uh, you see uh, a lot of racers and you hear a lot of languages like people like literally coming from all over the place to 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 race here is it like do you know a lot of people coming here it's like oh hey you know i met you half a year ago one year ago something like is it is it like um is it like a small family yeah in fact i haven't made it over the bridge to be in town yet i do this move that move after this uh this time with you um but already i was in town a couple days ago and i i um saw a friend from a couple years ago a yeah. race that we both did uh, lives in alaska and i had no idea he'd be out here so um yeah it is a small community like that and i know once i get back into town i'll be running into more people that like i know and then also people like you recognize and don't know so well so um so yeah that's it's always a, a fun part thing as well yep it yeah. is you know then the more i've done it the more i've really gotten to know people better and better and it just makes it all the more fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. um 
your parking time is running out. <laughs> right? But, uh, but uh, thank you so much for taking your time to, to do this. And best of luck thank tomorrow. You. Yeah, thank you so much. See Thanks for around. having me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Husky is produced in cooperation with Naturkompaniet. And it is powered by Nordic Green Energy. Sweden's greenest energy company with 100% renewable energy sourced from solar, wind and hydropower. Find them at nordicgreen.se. The music is made by Joel Mull. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.